watch too many. Listening to No Synopsis, a film history podcast. It is hosted by me, Elise, and Ashley. We watched a movie. <laughs> Look at those levels. <laughs> German history this time, of course, completely different. And the World War One. Yeah, yeah, it's wild to see the proclamation that the emperor gives. Yeah, it's like so. I almost got chills reading. It's like, oh, attention all Jews. We've put up with your bullshit for so long. And we're not going to take it anymore. And it's just all these obviously trumped up charges. Right. And this also is supposed to take place in Prague in the 16th century. And so the fact that, like, you know, picks how many years, generations, decades, you know, mm-hmm. this has been happening to Jewish people. It's terrible that it happens so often. Yeah, yeah, it's a little like history, even is it? But it also yeah, is. yeah. So I guess the director was in Prague to do his earlier movie in 1913, The Student in Prague, and he heard all about this story of the golem, so he wanted to tell it. So he did two movies. One was about like Der Golem afterward. And then one was like a comedy of Der Golem falling in love with a oh. lady, and they danced and stuff. I think it's called The Dancing Golem. I want to see that one. They're, They're lost. lost. They're gone. But he wasn't as happy with them, so this is the prequel about how girl, Golem, how Der Golem came to. I don't want to skip too far ahead, but I want to yeah. know your opinion of what you think happened to the Der Golem. Der Golem. Yeah. yeah. So it was written... Co-written by Paul Wagner. And Paul Wagner is also Der Gollum himself. Yes, he stars, writes, and directs the film. And it stars Lydia Solomonova as the rabbi's daughter, Miriam. And trivia, she was married to Paul Wagner. Oh, wow. Yes. I did not want to wear my hair in braids after this movie. Oh, my God. That was a little unsettling, yes. you guys. That was pretty brutal. There were a lot of a little unsettling things that were kind of just like brushed off as like, this happens. And she was dragged through the street by her braids. Oh, God. As we were referring to. And yeah, just the way humans treat each other, basically. It was hard to watch. I did love the rabbi. Who did you think treated each other poorly? The Gentiles treating the Jewish people. Yeah. And like that stigma that you could tell was ingrained in their cultures. Because at the end, like even the little kids were like afraid of, of course, the golem. But I feel like like they're so separate, you know, so divided. Yeah. I mean, they got that big wall and big gate. Yeah. And what do you think about how this movie, The Village, is saved by a Christian child? Only one child, yeah, wasn't scared. So I think it maybe shows, like, takes one person to... One Christian baby. Yeah, just one person. <laughs> I didn't even think of her being as the Christian baby outside the wall until you mentioned it. <laughs> but that is the case. 
and they're like in like white linen clothes like they're so clean yeah they have flowers in their hair they look like little cherubs they're so clean whereas everyone in the the jewish ghetto is so grimy Mm -hmm. the whole movie yeah i thought it was interesting the depiction of light light first you know in the different areas and also pick time the like yellow brown was the daylight Mm -hmm. and then the like almost blue dark nighttime and inside when it was dark yeah the colors were really great you could see the taste of german expressionism in the sets it wasn't as extreme as a cabinet of dr caligari but you could see it there was a spiral staircase scene though that reminded me especially of dr caligari I was like, haha, there is the some of the expressionism, as you said. And it is interesting how the whole town looks like it's made out of mud. Yeah, which maybe show that they built it with their own hand, perhaps. The use of celestial charts and almost yeah, horoscope. He mentions Venus enters the constellation Libra. And then at the beginning he mentions the stars they predict doom and they can't be wrong. But when the golem turns evil, he's sort of like, what's going on? And then it's like he turns one page in his book and it's like, after the moon is in Uranus, the golem will turn evil and try to attack its maker. Yeah. And it's like, oh, if only I read a little bit farther in this book before giving life to this giant strong mud creature. But it was very cool when he was creating it. It was coming to life. But also if it's like a folklore thing, obviously it would think it has happened before so he should know the outcome yeah from but i thought this was the first time the stars were aligned for it to happen for it to happen some reference it back to the bible yeah i got the sefer yezerai i'm saying that really i'm sorry but it does describe how to make a golem oh okay yeah and then there's different interpolations of like how to create it and how to kill it right right and even the ancient Greeks had a concept of a golem. Mm. So sometimes you would use your golem to like do chores, just like they do in this. That was and so like funny. Do hard stuff, and then also to protect your area, especially if you're under persecution. Like you need right. help. Golem is in the Bible in the Old Testament, and it translates as shapeless man. There you go. And then if you think about it, Frankenstein is a golem technically. Yeah. I know, I was thinking it had relations to that, but this is pre. This is pre, right. But folklore, but not, you know, post-book. The movie is post-story, Frankenstein. Right, but some people do think Mary Shelley took some mm-hmm. golem ideas when she was making the making Frankenstein. Oh, okay. And it is kind of a same kind of ordeal where it's like man-made creature goes awry, you lose control. And in the movie Frankenstein... In the 30s, it was a big deal because Frankenstein killed a kid. Whoa! On screen, he like drowns in the a movie. Kid. Yeah, you don't see it as graphically, but he like takes the kid into the lake and walks it into the lake, and it was a huge Whoa. deal of killing a child yeah. in a movie. So then, at the end of this movie, Golem comes out and like picks up this kid. I'm like, no, it's happening all over again. Do you notice his face? He like kind of has this like childlike wonder. His face does change. Yeah. yeah. He does seem innocent. And then he, of course, is cut off by taking the star out of his clay form. But I like oh, yeah. seeing the golem's face kind of depict different emotions as he kind of learned how humans, you know, interacted and treated him, honestly. 
Yeah, you could see the golem's like inner brain working. Mm-hmm. He had great expressions. And he's basically, yeah, just new creation. He's like a child, a baby, he's learning things for the first time. And he's being made to do chores. Yeah, did you like Der Golem's first errand? <laughs> so funny. I, yeah, it's what was he like mowing the lawn or, or like... it was chapter three mowing the lawn. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I, like, is this blue velvet? <laughs> It felt like it's like yard work or something. Mowing the lawn, he went to get vegetables, <laughs> and then he had to chop wood, and no, then he the had to get water. Was the first thing. Then he had to get water, and I was like, "Wait, is the water gonna Wait, milk all his blood?" Do you guys watch that Japanese show where they send little kids on errands? It's called old and old enough. Okay. And so they'll be like, okay, let's take this three-year-old or five-year-old. <laughs> I don't really know kids' ages. Let's take this five-year-old kid. We'll give him money and a shopping list. And he walks out the front door. Like, there's different kids in different situations. They don't drive. They don't get on buses. They, like, walk. And so there's the camera crew is following them at, like, a safe distance, but the kid can't see them. And so they, like, toddle around and go to the grocery store. And it's like, are they going to remember to get eggs, too? Oh, he forgot to get the eggs. Oh, he's going back to get the eggs. Now he's got to collect his change. It was exactly like Dr. Golem's first errand. It is a weird show. <laughs> it's hilarious. But also, I can't believe that they, yeah, made that. I liked how he just walks into the village grocer, the farmer's market, and he has a note like, oh, this is my new servant. Please give him whatever he wants. Yeah. And then that took his other assistant, though, to run in to explain the situation. I was like, why didn't they just write that down on a piece of paper, too? Yeah. Or why doesn't he just follow him? If he needs to explain things, why doesn't he just go with Exactly. Him? I thought that was a weird... I didn't think the whole golem thing through. No. But he... Everyone's a poor guy. Everyone's so scared of him. But his first task was to chop wood and then bring water. And he's literally... The rabbi's yelling cues out the window, like, above him. Like, right. this is what he's doing for his first, first chore. I would think you would be more of like immediately like protection, clean, figure out their borders. Instead, it's like chopping wood. The easy stuff. Yeah. But I guess he's got to start somewhere. Yeah, it's kind of funny. You make a man made mud thing prophesized by the stars and you immediately get it to run your exactly. errand. Yeah, and the kids, they bombard him and, you know, like throw things at him. Yeah. Like, Everyone was watching warn, him. Why didn't he warn his people and be like, I'm creating this thing to help all of us. Like, let's, you know, welcome it and treat it well. Yeah, at some things there was so much communication in the village. They all kind of knew each other. And some things that was sort of like, oh, you're on your own. Hey, your house is burning down. Yeah. FYI, I don't know if you knew that. Oh, the best shot in the whole movie I thought was at the beginning when they're praying. And it's kind of like a weird upside down shot. There was a lot. So you can also see how film noir takes this where it's like the diagonal shots or the not symmetrical shots in the off center. There was a few where the camera's lower or the camera's at an angle or this one where it almost looks like. But it is like they're using light to create the stage or altar to make it more dramatic, like just by using the candlelight and the angle that they're using. Yeah, Yeah. I loved the shot where the end when they the building is falling and they're just trying to show that the collapse is falling by just the top 
rafters being shown moving up and down and then showing the crowd with dust and parts of the building falling on them. So it really showed, depicts that the ceiling is like falling onto them. Oh, and the emperors in the castle yeah. where the rafters are coming down. Yeah. And I like how the rafters are coming down because they laughed at the trick or the projection right. that the rabbi they made it angry or something yeah he was like hey i need absolute quiet i'll sh- i'll do a trick mm-hmm. quote quote as you ask but you guys can't talk or laugh of course what do these fucking guys do gentiles <laughs> they laugh and the rafters come crashing down and who's gonna save them but their golem their golem they should treat him better you're really upset about his treatment. <laughs> yeah. poor guy does he have right he is uh animated pile of mud what are his rights actually i feel like as soon as the gem gets put into his muddled creation that it it changes him into yeah more of a a being he obviously feels things he shows emotion and he listens to words from other people's direction you know like he can follow commands obviously he surrey can do that Sorry, sorry, didn't exist at this point. I'm saying we're talking about if someone can listen and respond to commands, do they get rights as an individual? I think it's the emotional like aspect. That, okay, yeah. so if you feel something, that gives you rights. I think if you feel, yeah, okay. even I think you know animal rights, they feel things and react to stuff. You know, feeling versus, I guess, biological reactions maybe. So feeling pain. Physical, right. physical feeling gives you rights. We're going to bookmark this later. So whatever you say will be on record. We don't really know about his physical pain threshold in this movie, but we do get that he has some kind of emotional feelings here. I think, yeah, the, the change in his face shows him reacting, which is what makes you, you know, personify him, I guess. So if we get a robot that has eyebrows that can go up and down... I'm just kidding. Yeah. I would love a robot. But now you're going to feel for him and be like, oh, yeah. The robot already worked all night. We got to give him a day off. It's his birthday. The day the robot entered my life. Oh, my goodness. Hey, Ashley, can we start at the beginning? And can you tell me what movie we watched? Oh, yeah. Just in case. Your Gollum. <laughs> It's how he came into the world. Dear right? Gollum. How are you? I am well. Dur, Dur- <laughs> Gollum, how are you? Dur Gollum, Gollum. What are your problems? <laughs> oh, that's cute. See, we can write in Dur- about Gollum. our problems. Dur Gollum. Dur Gollum, Gollum, what are your problems? Oh, you're onto something. Uh-oh. And now he has a career and he is an emotionally intuitive. <laughs> <laughs> your problems, his eyebrows go up. And- okay, I'm going to that. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> what did you think of, like, the set and the costumes and like, the whole time? I love period piece for them. I thought some of it was so antiquated, like the love story, as you were saying, between the emperor's messenger and the rabbi's daughter. Mm-hmm. But then some stuff, like the scene where they bring the golem to life and the fire circle and the spirit... And the name of the spirit mm-hmm. and then the fire particles that are dancing around was so revolutionary. So I was 
at some point entranced and my mind was blown and then some point so bored. So it was a weird like high highs and really low lows. Yeah. yeah. You had there are some points where you had to remind yourself to like pay attention and you're like, wait, what part of the story are we right now? But the sorcery scene with yeah, the wand and the smoke was unbelievable. The fire was so good. Even the, the mask, yeah, with the smoke billowing out of yeah. it. It had like very like deeper vendetta vibes mm-hmm. going on. And then the whole yeah, speak the name. What is the name of who he's trying to invoke? Is I couldn't really because this association with if you know the name of a demon that will like exercise it or so I was like, shouldn't you not say the name? So I was a little confused. I think he needed the name to write it down in the shit. There's a little piece of paper behind it. And that would be who gives that golem spirit or life? Yes. Okay. Okay. I think so. And that's what's behind the shit. But it made it seem like there came from an evil source because of the mask and the smoke and the red, you know, flame or changing in color from green black to like the red and black when it right. actually was evoked yeah he's talking to spirits i mean he does do black magic yeah. yeah so the rabbi is speaking to this smoking mask and trying to access the name to get his golem spiritually activated <laughs> something <laughs> a remote activation okay so the first of this trilogy was Durgolem, and it was shown in the U.S. as called The Monster of Fate, mm-hmm. and that was in 1915. And then in 1917 is the comedy The Golem and the Dancing Girl. Paul, the writer, co-writer and co-director of this, was not very happy with those movies. So then he came back in 1920 to make the prequel The Golem, How He Came Into the World. Mm-hmm. And that is what we have left of this history and a lot of their sources i saw this is like you said the main revered depiction of the golem yeah he kind of got it out of his system mm-hmm. with this one so he got the story he wanted to tell from his time in prague and prague even has a golem museum oh really yeah they're so proud of their golem heritage go. they went there during golem golem i can't stop saying it what's your problem <laughs> What's happening? He only responds in Yiddish, though. So, yeah, it was 1913. <laughs> Wagner went to Prague, right? And that's where he For heard. his movie, yes. The yeah. In Prague. Did you hear how he died? Or read how he died? Was he sick on stage? Yeah, he was on stage. He theatrical performance and collapsed. But then he died like three months in later. In 1948. Yeah. So, but that was the end of his career. And he died three months later in September 1948. And he was survived by his wife. Lydia. That's the end of that story. <laughs> Just to go on something else, I like the camera angle when they're carrying the golem up the steps. That's another like crooked camera angle where you kind of can see like there's almost like the assistant and the rabbi are carrying are carrying him horizontally up the steps, I think. You can it's because we're looking for it, right? We're kind of looking at German expressionism from the lens of film noir, like in a where they're going with this right but i kind of like that because then i know what i'm looking for but you can kind of see how it evolved well i like that we're looking for more than just the plot line 
for you know the acting or the costumes like we're looking for like the stylization of the film itself i actually do have something important to tell you so this cinematographer who worked on this movie was called carl frund but they didn't say cinematographer they actually use the word photographer he worked on a few other movies from the time period he worked on dracula and fritz lang's masterpiece of metropolis oh he worked on the oscar-winning Film noir Key Largo with Humphrey Bogart, which was also a John Huston. Oh, you're talking the cinematographer. He won an Oscar for The Good Earth. And guess what else he worked on, usually? I Love Lucy. What? He worked on I Love Lucy the whole time the show was on, and he invented this new technique that is still used in sitcoms today. 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 It's called the flat lighting technique. And so it's good for sitcoms that use like three cameras. Right. And so you don't have shadows, basically. So all your three cameras have some continuity in them. I wonder how they do that without, yeah, changing up the light in a different shot. So he, in some of his work, he used crane shots or very early dolly shots where you get someone to push him. And then he had this, like, unchained camera technique where he would basically just do, like, a handheld like a and walk around. Yeah. So it's kind of cool of all these innovative things, like, happen in French New Wave and happen in New Hollywood. He was doing here. It's pretty early in his career. Yeah. He has a long career ahead of yeah. him. Yeah. You want to hear something? Always. Wagner, the co-director, Ander Gollum, has a bit of a sordid past He did not flee Nazi Germany, so he embraced it in some way. We don't really know what his heart was, but he made fun of German expressionism in 1932. Afterwards, he kind of like was like, oh, look at all the dumb stuff that happened. Including what I made. And then he made some Nazi propaganda films. I read that he was in some Nazi propaganda. Yeah. Oh, guess what? Another thing I have to tell you. There is a legend in Judaism that Adam, the first man, was actually a golem for the first 12 hours of his life. I read something about that, or they mentioned, just like Adam, I'm creating a form. So basically, we're all little golems. See? We're all living life. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Good thing that you gave golem one human right. Now we all have that. Oh. Last thing would be the film that they were depicting before the collapse of the building was yeah. Moses leading the people through from Egypt. Yeah, it was Exodus. What are they even laughing at? I know that's what I was wondering. How? What were they laughing at? What was so funny? There's is that depicting that they laugh? They just laugh at Jews, or is it depicting that they're evil? They're heartless. Yeah, yeah, they're heartless. Yeah, and they're just like teenagers, almost. You know, like they're just snickering, rich people. Yeah, it's the fact that they're so amused by it is pretty is creepy. So, oh, so there he is, Ashavaras, wandering good. Jew. Oh, I'm not very good at seeing words I don't know and sounding them out. Okay, so he does have a weird eye expression. I will say that he is looking around pretty intensely. But someone told you not to laugh. And that's literally a gesture that's, like, getting the most amusement right there in that shot. 
That is his job. He is supposed to make people laugh. He can't turn it off. <laughs> he, he's the main heckler. I didn't even think. Fine. That yeah, he starts it. Oh. But it is a little satisfying that the ceiling collapses on most of these. Yeah. Stuff. I know. They all seem horrible. It's sort of like how people talk about, like, The Sopranos is so well done. It makes you, as the viewer, question yourself because sometimes you're, like, rooting for violence. Yeah, this movie does it so easily. Right. Don't laugh, guys. And then some people <laughs> laugh. And then a ceiling crushes them. And you're like, yeah. Oh, but then Golem is also blocking the exit. Not letting anyone leave while the oh, ceiling no. is collapsing. He does that. save the emperor. But because the rabbi is telling him to do that, right? He listens to his orders. I think the rabbi just didn't say, hey, can you please step two paces to the right? <laughs> I don't know. I think he hasn't, like, you know, come up with his bargain he's doing this because he wants to get the decree basically revoked or changed so that's why he's like well will you agree if i such and such if i save you right he the emperor offers okay well that's a little emperor offers save me and i will pardon your people and the rabbi was basically waiting for this moment because then you see the golem move as soon as he agrees so he was waiting for that such I think scenario. Do you think he was playing the long game and he was saying, Hey, don't laugh at my video and then played a video that was like a little bit of music, expecting that the gesture would make a joke? I I don't know. I mean it maybe, especially if you preface don't laugh. <laughs> like you're literally telling them what not to do and then they're gonna do it. Whoa. So he's a rabbi genius. I also like how the rabbi's like, oh, the golem's evil and will try and destroy, including his creator. And then he's like, okay, let me take this star out of his chest and I'll put it right here next to yeah. him. <laughs> it was really, like, you don't want to take that with you or maybe, like, write down a note, like, or remove the piece of paper with the name so right. it really doesn't work anymore. Yeah, that's true. But cinematically, some of the tricks didn't work. <laughs> Some of the tricks didn't work <laughs> for the 1920s movie. Did not pull it off. <laughs> Try again, guys. Third time didn't work. <laughs>